0: good morning everybody it seems like it's been a long time since i did a podcast but i'm back and i'm ready to do a podcast today hey you know the routine go get that cup of coffee that virtual donut pull up a chair and stay a while i'm really glad you're here
1: are in rooms to let 50 cents, no phone, no pool, no pets, I ain't got no cigarettes, I but two hours of pushing broom buys an 8-12-4-bit room.
0: Oh, right, yes, I am not a king of the road, but there you have it. Uh, I think that's Roger Miller, king of the road there. And, uh, yeah, you know, I wish he could rent a room for 50 cents. Uh, Where's that at? Uh, But uh, I was reading an article, I think it was from the outsider.com, or wait, insider.com. Yeah, anyway, uh, I failed to cite my source there. But anyway, uh, the article um, was about single women not being treated equally in the workforce. And it was a hard article to read because it it just didn't make any sense. Because basically the article is saying that single women have a harder time economically um, than a married woman. And it's hard for the single woman to pay her bills and to keep up uh, financially with the cost of living and uh, being able to live as a single woman. It's very difficult and how this is a this, this is not right. Um, a single woman should be um, as equal as a married couple and be able to live at the same financial level as a married couple or at least a couple that are partners. And how unfair it is for a single woman to make it these days in the economy. And, um, you know, I got to scratch my head and I thought that was just common sense, um, that two is better than one. (laughs) Um, If you have two incomes, you're probably going to have the freedom to live a little bit differently than somebody with one income, unless that person with one income is making a high, high wage, but if if you have a single woman making X amount of dollars and a married woman making the same money and her husband works, they're going to probably have a higher standard of living than you as a single female. To me, that's just logic and makes sense. But um, in the article, it was talking about how this is unfair for single women. I don't know. Am am I am I looking at this wrong? Um, I think everywhere you turn your head, there's claims of uh, you know injustice or inequality in the workforce. But folks, it's just common sense. a a single woman is not going to live as well as two people living together with two different incomes. And and, in the article, they were stating that um, perhaps single people should make more money uh, based on their singlehood, their singleness. And how absurd, how absurd. Then why don't, We all legally become single, but yet live together. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm living in a world I just do not understand. It's simple math, folks. It really is simple, simple, simple math. Two is better than one. And uh, real quick, I'll touch on another uh, fallacy here. You know, there there's a talk of a claim going, you know, out there that women make less salary than a man. And I was doing some reading on that. And uh, basically they're saying when a woman works for, say, she's, a, a, I don't know, let's just say a blue collar wo- worker, and she goes into the the factory, and the factory pays $15 an hour. And uh, so a guy that works there makes $15 an hour. They're trying to say that a woman's only going to be offered like $13 an hour. How absurd. That There is no truth to that. There's no way an HR department is going to let that happen because if you notice... Um, I don't know about you, but the HR departments that I come in contact with are usually women running the HR department. And there's no way, I mean, I've been around for a long time in the workforce, and I've talked to CEOs and um, directors and supervisors and managers. There's no way a supervisor offers someone a job and then when they go meet with HR um they're gonna say, oh well secretly, oh she's a woman. I'm only gonna give her thirteen dollars an hour instead of fifty that does no folks, folks. No, that does not happen. I'm not saying it, it 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 just it might have happened, but it's not a systematic or systemic problem in America. Systemic problem. that No, though. What they're basing it on is the amount of women in the workforce compared to the amount of men, but they fail to, to do the percentage. And if you do the percentage, there's no such thing. But if you take the whole group of women as a whole and try to uh, do the math... And say, therefore, women don't make as much money. No, because th- you're including the women that, that aren't even working. Um, so I just want to throw that, throw that out there. Um, but hey, let's take a quick break because I do want to talk about um, the cost of being single and, and general costs. So we'll be right back. <laughs>
1: children all of their names in every handout in every town if we locked it ain't locked when no one's around i sing trailers for sale are let 50
2: cents california but not only that let freedom ring from stone mountain of georgia let freedom ring from lookout mountain of Tennessee. Yeah. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, yeah. from every mountainside. Yeah. Let freedom ring and when this happens.
0: Free at last, free at last, Martin Luther King Jr., what a a speech, Um, one of the greatest speeches in American history for sure, for sure. But hey, before the break, we were talking about um, uh, women and and, and being paid uh, less, um, but I do want to. I do want to mention um, the cost of housing, and I know I, I mentioned that quite often on mornings with Ken. But um, I, you know, I was trying to help a um, somebody in my life um, with some situations, financial situations, and uh, you know, the experts, financial experts, have always said that your rent or mortgage should not be greater than 25% of your income. So your rent and mortgage should not be any more than 25% of your income. And, uh, in today's time, that's almost an impossibility. Now, unless, unless, um, You're a little bit more than, you're above, trying to word this correctly, you're doing pretty well financially and you're above above, um, middle class. So if you're above middle class, um, you're probably doing okay and that percentage might work well for you but let's say for people at middle class or below that percentage doesn't really work out let me just talk about if you're at the bottom um you're not even middle class let's just say you're not middle class 25 percent of your income for rent or mortgage is not a possibility um you know real quick um every time I look up the housing costs and I'm just going to use the city of Akron um, for an example because I've already looked at the statistics and uh, so city of Akron, your average rent cost is anywhere from 750 to $800 a month. 750 to $800 a month. Well, if let's just say if you're, if you can bring home $2,000 a month, if you can bring home $2,000 a month, which is hard to do with taxes and health insurance coming out of your paycheck, um, you can only afford $500 a month for rent or mortgage. So if you're, If you if you if you can manage to bring two thousand dollars home a month um after taxes after health cost and um you can only afford five hundred dollars a month. Now you can't do that on fifteen dollars an hour. That's an impossibility. And uh so if the average rent is $800 a month in the city of Akron, you have to increase your, your, uh, your income. So you better find a roommate. Um, or if you're a married couple, you know, you better get married <laughs> and, uh, cause you're not going to be able to make it with just one income. So, I think the I think the, the the cost of renting or or cost of of a mortgage is is out of line with the average income, and not just only in Akron all all over. You know, state to state, but that's just we can't control the economy. the co- The economy is what it is so it's not something that we can control we do the best we can um and and you know work hard um get an extra job there's no solution um for that but uh i think they need to change the economists need to change the uh per, the traditional percentage rate because no one can just pay. I mean, twenty five percent of your income for your mortgage—that's not realistic. Even in the, you know, they make those. Um, what do they call those? The miniature housing, or you know, tiny tiny houses—they're calling them. Where where it's literally just like a twelve by eighteen foot feet uh, a home. I was reading up on those those things are going for eighty to ninety thousand dollars, some of them a hundred thousand dollars for one of those tiny houses that it's like twelve by eighteen, the whole house, not just one room, the whole house, eighty to ninety thousand dollars. Um, wow, it's getting out of hand. We're gonna be like, uh, what's that movie? Um, it's a wonderful life. Pottersville, where the people are living in tents and uh, and huts on a certain side of town in Pottersville. Um, wow, it's pretty amazing. But speaking of uh, economics, and because it is Black History Month, um, I wanted to mention um, another person that their voice has not been uh, heard much and he hasn't been asked to the table of political conversations um, within the community. Thomas Sowell, Thomas Sowell. Um, of course, he, he is African American and Thomas Sowell's conservative black man. He's still alive. He was, he's 91 years old. He's still alive, and he is an economist. He has uh, been, worked, worked as a professor at Cornell University, Howard University, Rutgers, Stanford, and other places, other universities, and has served on boards and um, been on nonprofit organizations. But Thomas Sowell, um, he was born in uh. Well, he was born in the Carolinas, um. Uh, but but he was raised in Harlem, New York. Um, from a very poor family, a single mother. His dad died when he was young. His mom never remarried, and uh, so he was raised, um, by a single mom in Harlem, New York. And uh, he got drafted into the. Uh, military for the Korean War, and he served in the Marines during the Korean War, and upon uh, being released from military service, honorably discharged, he served well, he enrolled in universities, and um, eventually became a professor of economics. And uh, he was very influential. In fact, he he influenced him and Walter E. Williams, another uh, economist that I really love. Um, He, Thomas Sowell, kind of influenced Walter E. Williams. And they became friends and would talk about economics and racism in America and systemic, how racist he, um, he took the other side. Um, in his book, The Economics and Politics of Race, Thomas Sowell uh, spoke out about, uh, he just took the other side of the issue, not your typical democratic side of the issue. And um, he's just an amazing man, um, you know, of course, born in poverty, and uh, yet he worked hard. He applied himself, and he did well, and uh, became well regarded um, in in the intellectual community, except in the community that didn't like his his message and his voice. So his voice got hushed in um, parts of a community, but um, so I just want to tip my hat to Thomas Soul. Um, Just a, just a all-around intelligent man who a lot of times was not asked to come to the table. But um, look him up and read his book, The Economics of Politics and Race. And uh, tell me what you think. So, hey, do we have time for another quick break? Our last break, and then we'll come back and um, we'll finish the show. when <laughs> it I just want to leave you with, uh, one more thing. You know, the other day, um, was Valentine's Day and, uh, often you hear the words dropped, um, oh, I love you. Um, you know, all, it's all about love and, um, you know, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. But, um, as we know, love is not an emotion. It's, uh, action. And, uh, I just want to encourage all of us to act on our love, act on our love. You know, love, love put into action is, brings results. It, it, it puts a smile on someone's face. It brightens someone's day. And what if, just what if, we chose to love everybody, even those that we don't agree with or maybe we just don't like, right? I mean, you might have that coworker that his personality is so different from yours and maybe he's loud and obnoxious and doesn't think before he speaks, what if you chose to love that person? What if you chose to love that person anyway? And I'm not talking about, you know, fawning all over that person or, or, but maybe just speaking to that person in love and saying, man, how's your day going, man? How's your day going? You know, um, is there anything I could help help you with? Is there anything I can pray for you about? Man, how are you doing? I heard you, you know, you were telling me the, you know, the one day you were kind of struggling um, with this one um, project at work or whatever. How's it going? You know, just ask the questions. Love the person in the grocery store who cuts in front of you with their cart at the checkout line and their cart is overflowing with groceries and you just have like five things in your cart, and uh, they cut you right in front of you. Love that person anyway. Um, the, the person that cut you off on the highway and almost cars causes you to swerve into the other lane. Um, <laughs> don't think about cussing about. Just say a little prayer for them and uh, love on them. Love on them anyway. And um, I was going to go more into this, but um, for the sake of time, I'm just going to cut it short. But I want you guys to have a great day and be kind to one another. Bye-bye.